Greetings and welcome to yet another episode of Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Joining me again today is a regular here on Stamper Cinema, and that would be the ever-so-dashing Nathan Stamper. What's up, man? Oh, stop it. Not much, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing real, real well. I'm excited. That's good. I am too. I'm real excited about today because we're doing something I haven't done yet, which is going to be a a double feature. You're bringing a movie to the table and I'm bringing a movie to the table and it's kind of like a a potluck, you know, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. uh... And what's really cool is that these, both of these movies share some similarities, but before I get into that, Nathan, can you tell us about the movie you have selected today? Yes. So I chose uh, Alive or Hashtag Alive, um, a phenomenal film that came out very recently, 2020, uh, funnily enough. Or, well, it was released in Korea 2019, but the U.S. release was 2020, um, which I find very prevalent to today's, uh, you know, climate of uh, essentially self-quarantine, not so much the, the zombie apocalypse, but, you know, spoilers, it's a zombie apocalypse film. That is correct. Yeah, so we're going to call this a Stamper Cinema Zombie Spooktacular, if you will. Oof. So both movies we have on the docket today are going to be are going to be zombie films. And what's really cool is that we have both selected Asian zombie films, which is yeah. really cool, especially because of the fact that I mean there are some fantastic zombie films coming out of, you know, the Asian continent. They've churned out some really, really good films. And admittedly, prior to this discussion, I had not seen this particular film. So I'm really excited to talk about about this one. So we're going to talk about Alive or hashtag Alive, depending on how you want to refer to the movie. So that is Nathan's selection. To pair along that movie, I have chosen the 2017 One Cut of the Dead, which is not just one of my favorite zombie films, but one of my favorite films in recent memory. It was originally released in Japan. It's a Japanese film in 2017 and kind of did kind of like the, like the, the film circuit and gained a lot of acclaim, like a ton of acclaim for the, the low budget and, 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 and how the movie was essentially filmed. But it was brought over to Shudder I don't know if it was this year or last year, but it's new to me. So I'm, I'm thinking of it very much as a new release and it, it's cool. It, it does something really interesting with the genre. But before we talk about one cut of the dead, we got to talk about our appetizer of, uh, of yes. the evening, which is going to be, or I think for the sake of this conversation, we'll just call it alive. Right. Yeah, yeah, that'll make it a little easier not to get like lose the force through the trees by constantly saying hashtag. That's just a little tedious. Yeah, so can you do me a favor? Can you tell us a little bit about this movie? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it takes place in South Korea. Um, and, you know, like you were saying, South Korea and, and the Asian market has been just dominating films as of late, especially the horror genre. You have. Um, or just the, you know, film in general, you look at Train to Busan, which is another South Korean, you know, zombie flick, but, you know, in terms of Alive, it, it takes place in South Korea 
it, I want to say it's a high rise apartment complex. It's just a giant complex. There's not too many named characters in the film, but it essentially follows um, a young gamer streamer, kind of like, I guess, South Korea's version of Twitch by the name of, of um, Jin Woo, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, and he lives with his parents, but his parents and his sister are away on a business trip. And essentially, one afternoon, just, you know, shit hits the fan. And <laughs> the zombie apocalypse just comes like that. And that's probably my favorite type of zombie apocalypse is it's either already happening or it's just you're thrust into it immediately. There's not like a, a slow burn. It's just like an immediate, oh man, here it is. Yeah, before the opening credits even start, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we were hit up with the, um, you know, guy wakes up and, you know, has a letter from his parents about like for like groceries or whatever. And he, yeah. he hops online doing his video game stream. And wouldn't, you know, one of the friends says, holy shit, is this real? Turn on the TV turns on the TV and boom, here we go. Mass hysteria, zombie apocalypse, imminent. And yeah, as Nathan also stated, it's very much like a highly concentrated, highly populated complex where everybody is in very close quarters and you've got several buildings that are in very, very close proximity and people are running rampant through the streets and nobody has any idea what's going on. And our character, our, our central protagonist, uh, June, what, what um, is it? June Wu or, or, or yeah. Yeah. June yeah. Wu, I guess we can just call him. Yeah. It, uh, you, you've got him and then we meet halfway through the film or not even really quite halfway, but what was it? Uh, Kim, you been, Kim, you been. Yep. 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 You been. Yeah. Which is a fantastic character in in herself. Yeah, she's a know. she's a badass. She so, really is. Apart from the fact that it's a zombie movie, and I and I know you, and I know that you love zombie films, but what are what are some of the elements that that you enjoyed about this movie? Um. Well, besides, like you said, uh, it's a zombie film. I really like watching films that deal with with deeper, you know, meanings. And, and, and themes, you know, one of the big ones is, is isolation, of course, which is what we're all going through right now to a certain extent, not so much now, but in the earlier stages, it's what we're, what we were going through immensely. Um, the loss of family is definitely a big one. And, you know, I mean, a zombie film's great, you know, you expect casualties to occur, but it's just a really intense film where, you know, it's somewhat more family oriented even without properly seeing um, Jun Wu's family besides like a, a brief hallucination, um, which he has, which is, you know, I don't want to say inconsequential, but to the main plot of the story, it, you know, didn't really expound on that um, because as you know, they probably died. However, it really wasn't stated. And I also kind of like that sort of film where it's left to the interpretation of the viewer Mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what actually happened to uh, Jun Wu's parents um, and what even happened to um, Kim Yu Bin's parents because that wasn't even touched on at all, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I wanted to know more about her. And obviously, I think the mm-hmm. element of uh, mystery was something that made her kind of a very intriguing character. But 
the movie is only an hour and a half long. I think it could have used another 30 seconds to give you a little bit more yeah. personality because of the fact that you've got two really intriguing characters in in this film. And granted, I don't think either one of them, based on what we see on camera, are really all that that deep. You know, we don't have a real deep yeah. inter, 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 like introspective look. In fact... I think this uh, the character with the best backstory in the movie is the character that we meet in the final act of the yes and but and, th- and that was a nice little turn that they took in the movie but mm-hmm. which as much as I enjoy this movie and I thoroughly enjoyed it there were a couple elements in the film that I'm like damn it you know give me give me a little bit more because yep. the the term that I like to use is empathy you know you want to you don't want to feel sorry for a character that you're watching but you want to be like all right I know I know what they're going through I can relate a little Absolutely. bit even though we can't humanly possibly really recognize what it's like to be in a zombie apocalypse but yeah we are humans and when you watch a movie you want to isolate elements about a character that you're like, okay, I see a little bit of myself in this person, or I know somebody like this person. And really what we've got to go with is really our our central character, but not, not our supporting character. And she's, she's every bit as important of a role. So that was a critique, but something I did enjoy were the the ways that they were able to humanize June Wu, which it, it was great, you know, where he would look at the pictures of his family and yeah. that heart, that heartbreaking scene where he, you know, he finally gets a, a signal uh, of his family, like, hey, yeah. you know, we're, we're in the office and you know, it's going to turn bad. You know, something Absolutely. bad is going to happen there. You see this, this false sense of hope, like, okay, all right, this is his family. This is the people that he care about, that he cares about. And yeah. maybe they're okay. And then that is immediately crushed when you you find you know that the office is essentially overtaken by yeah yep. by, by a herd there so absolutely it would have been nice it would have been nice to get something from yeah some sort of closure just a little bit more because like the meat and potatoes were there but you know for for instance you been she was just like set up like, how was she so set up with, you know, her booby trap, her tent? Like, right. what happened yeah. from, you know, within a 24-hour period that she was like, okay, this is what I got to do. Was her dad part of the military? You know, was, you know, essentially what I'm saying is I wish I knew more about you, Bin. Because I, I understand Jun Woo is the main character, but, you know, we briefly touched on, okay, he's, you can tell he's a mature because he doesn't buy groceries even though his parents told him buy groceries um (laughs) he's he's very much um obsessive with what he does and doesn't really think before he acts you know for instance when he was watching a commercial about uh instant noodles and he rationed food and all that and immediately once he saw this instant noodle commercial he was like i gotta have these instant noodles right and that was like all of his rations and then you juxtapose right across the street to you, Ben, who's rationing, who has a booby trap, who has a tent, who, you know, knows when quiet time is and when there's time to move around. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just interesting, the, just the, like I said, the juxtaposition of immaturity on one side and preparedness on the other. 
for whatever reason, when you were talking, it reminded me of the other issue I have with this movie. And it's so <laughs> stupid. But the other issue that I have is how long were they isolated? They were isolated for well over a month, right? I mean, well over a month, right? Yeah. Homeboy's I hair. Have to say so. Homeboy's homeboy's hair does not grow like at any, all. Yeah, at all. Nope. And like, dude, this is like what I've got. This is two weeks. Like yep. two oh. weeks of growth and Just cut your hair, you hippie. I know I'm, I'm all <laughs> over the place. My hair grows really quick, but it, it's important because he had like bleach blonde hair and it's super like tight, like very, yep. very like close. And that shit doesn't grow at all in the movie. It's like, come on, man. I, I get it's low budget and the, give me something. Yeah. And I know that you probably didn't take a long time to shoot this film, but still come on, like make it, make him a little bit more unkempt. Exactly. Something I loved is that his father was a big whiskey drinker. You know, I, uh, (laughs) so when the water was all gone, I'm like, well, there you go. That's all you need. All you need is whiskey. You know, there's, there's water and whiskey. Absolutely. You're not going to dehydrate. You just, uh, you just ration (laughs) off a couple shots of a whiskey a day. Exactly. You know, that, that counts towards your, uh, your daily intake of water. Yeah. Like the internet gets cut out and phone gets cut out water gets cut out but somehow electricity doesn't get cut out yeah and i mean i was looking at some of the infrastructure within um south korea because i thought that was a very interesting thing because i would have thought hey internet's out you know all lines of communication are essentially out for the most part however in a lot of these high-rise buildings they have emergency generators that at least power the electricity, which I thought was mm. a very interesting. So, I mean, there's some form of continuity in that regard, just not in the fact that everything else is sort of like just a snapshot of, hey, his hair is bleach blonde. You don't see any brown roots growing out after a while. But like, as you touched on, but I, I, I noticed that immediately and I was like, this is weird because I would have thought everything would have just been dark. Mm-hmm. which would have made more for uh, an intense set of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that's another thing that you, that you bring up from like an intensity aspect. And by the way, I, I can't stress enough that I thoroughly did enjoy this movie, but it, it certainly isn't without its faults. I mean, there are definite yeah. things that I look at that I'm like the fright factor, despite the fact that it's a zombie movie generally speaking they were they were mostly safe except for like a couple little yeah. like key moments in the movie i never really felt yeah. that they were in a ton of danger you yeah. generally are watching like somebody being quarantined and yeah. i think that right there could have been maybe something they could have leaned on a little bit more especially right now and granted of course Absolutely. you know if they, if they would have filmed this before the pandemic, how they have fucking known, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. but especially with the early stages of like when this movie would have came out, like around like the earlier part of the pandemic, that whole feeling of being quarantined and isolated mm-hmm. and that loneliness, they, they, they touch on it a little bit, but I feel that they could, they could that could have been brought up because of the fact that if you're not going to rely heavily that much on a zombie attack or like a real fear of being eaten. 
Now, granted, you know, it's, it's, uh, the fear of being eaten is, is very much real when you're in a zombie movie, oh, but they're, but they're like sheltered up in their apartments, you know, for the entire yeah, They're thing. safe for like 65% of the time. Yeah. So then I would have liked a little bit more of kind of that internal struggle of isolation and not be, and granted the movie does touch in a little bit but I would have liked a little bit more meat yeah. on on that on that plate. Yeah, and I, I will say probably one of my favorite aspects of the film is is the type of zombie that was used. Um, you know, for for you know, in my opinion, a fast running you know zombie is a lot more scarier than one that kind of shambles around. Right. Both are scary as hell, but. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at, uh, for instance, World War Z, uh, Train to Busan, Alive, or even some of the older films, uh, like 28 Weeks and 28 Days Later, they're really quick, Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. are relentless, and it's just a different sort of relentless than the slower-moving zombie that'll get to you sooner or later. These ones, if you are out of shape, you're... You're you're pretty much just thrown in the towel right then and there. Yeah, yeah. Which now I want to open up a little bit, like bigger picture, and we, you know, now yeah. we'll, we'll we'll kind of go back and forth talking about this. But I'm curious to know, Nathan, how would you fare in a zombie apocalypse? You know, I like. Everyone wants to say, "Oh, they'll do really well in a zombie apocalypse." You know, "Oh, I'm gonna be armed to the nines." Well, I don't know. Um, if it was just myself, I feel like I would. F- farewell because it would just be me but because i have two little ones and a wife i'm already at a disadvantage yeah your dinner dude your dinner yeah (laughs) unless i uh, unless i become cold-hearted and kind of like sacrifice them all which i couldn't Mm -hmm. um you know i'm the scenario that i went through in my head most likely ends up with me dying and them getting away (laughs) <laughs> like that that's usually what happens every time yeah but like, i'm telling you like with toddlers they ain't getting away either you know they're gonna they're gonna yeah. cry because you know dad is now lunch um, yeah yeah so there, you know. there aren't like by being being a parent of a kid you're 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 hosed man like yeah i, I thought Absolutely. about it i thought about it as well and yeah no i'm as as quick and agile as i believe myself to be yeah, I, I've got yeah, I've got a two and a half year old, and so yeah. I'm gonna have to hold her while being chased by a zombie. And uh, yeah, probably, you know, probably not gonna. The outlook not so good. That yeah. and we generally live in a metropolitan area, so unless you're like our dad, that's gonna live up in the boonies. Like, the boonies, like yeah, yeah. He's living in deliverance country where like no zombie's gonna wanna fucking yeah. even get close to you because <laughs> they're gonna make him squeal like a pig. Uh, but, true. You know, in all, true. In, all, in all seriousness, you know, I mean, you know, you have a, a, a two and a half year old. I have a, a three year old and a five month old and a wife. You know, because like I, I've thought about it. You know, if we barricade ourselves in. It would be fine for a while, but what happens after we run out of water? What happens after we run out of food? You know, I mean, everyone likes to think that they're going to be, you know, like the T-9000 or Leon from Resident Evil, just like beating up people and, and smashing faces like Rick Grimes. But, 
in reality, <laughs> for the most part, a lot of people are going to die in, a, in an apocalypse like that. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's an apocalypse, right? I mean, it's the yeah, end of civilization, absolutely. so very few people make it out alive. What, what, is your, what, is your, what is your weapon of choice? I know you've Gotta thought about a, it, dude. Oh, absolutely. A cricket bat. Absolutely. Cricket bat. Uh, just like my man, Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Absolutely. And I mean, the reason why is, is not only because it's, you know, a fun little Shaun of the Dead reference, but because it's, it's a really solid piece of, um, you know, like wood, either that or a baseball bat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, I, I love these conversations because of the fact that I've very much given thought to it. I like everybody's like, oh, a gun or a machine gun. Well, one, you know, if, you, if you're going to take gun on as your weapon of choice, you're only you're relying on how much ammo you've got. And two, and how much how much you can carry, yeah, how much you can carry. And two, what is your actual capability of like making a kill shot? Most people like are shit with guns, you know, like, so being able to hit a target, not good. You've seen Matthew shoot? uh, No, I haven't. Is he (laughs) he any good? No, he's actually pretty good. I'm just being a dick. It's funny. Like I, when I was in the Navy, you have to go through like gun qualification. You know, you have to get qualified for this gun, that gun, the other gun. But I didn't really think too much about guns. I'm like, I have, you know, guns, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Until I had to get gun qualified. And I realized when it like shooting them, one, I'm, I'm not bad. I or rather I wasn't bad, but just how quickly when you pull the trigger to when you hit a target and you, you see the hole that you put into it and all targets that you use are usually shaped like a human body and seeing that the hole that you put into a person, it it had the opposite effect of maybe what the NRA would want it to have, which is, you know, like NRA is like, yeah, you shoot things. It's great. It's awesome. Not me, man. I, I shot things. I hit targets and it immediately gave me the a complete adverse reaction to it. I don't like guns. I have no interest in holding guns, shooting things, that level of power, like in an instant, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. So so you you mean you don't get a boner when you shoot things? No, no. Oh, in wow, fact, okay. it like, yeah, no, it crawls back in. <laughs> it crawls back in inverts. <laughs> but, but yeah, and I mean, it's it's also from a noise perspective. If you have these things that are trying to get yeah. you, do you really want to be, you know, rambling it out there? You know. Um, you know, come and get some motherfuckers. <laughs> like, do you really want that? Right. You know, with with a, a melee object, you can at least kind of, you know, um, like soften the sound mm-hmm. after the first initial crunch. Yeah. I wouldn't have a cricket bat. Mine would be a baseball bat, but I would get like a 32-ounce aluminum like bat. In fact, I'd have, I'd have a couple of them. The reason why I would go with aluminum is simply for the fact that if, you, you know, if you had to smash a zombie or two in the skull you run the risk of breaking breaking that bat but yeah. if you're if you're running Very around with like a 32 ounce like aluminum bat that your your odds of being able to use that on more than one occasion are better than than like a 32 ounce louisville slugger i i've thought about this a lot so that's why oh, absolutely. <laughs> why i'm like I'll, i take an aluminum baseball bat over your your traditional wood but definitely the only problem is obviously you're going to be in closer proximity but the simple reality is yep. if you're going to take down a zombie anyway they're going to be pretty close you know because 
Absolutely. Even though The Walking Dead and many a zombie movie wants to make it seem like there's an infinite amount of ammo, dude, in an apocalypse... It's all gone. It's all gone. And and if there is a place that has ample supply of it, you ain't going to be anywhere close to it. Because they'll gun you down immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. So you need something that... What is a household item that you realistically can use? Boom. Baseball bat. All day. Or, you know... Ash Williams approach, you know, chainsaw and a boomstick, bro. That's, yeah, that's lop all you off need. the hand and put a chain a chainsaw in there. There you go. All right. So before we get into the the second film, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I want to give a little bit background on the movie. One thing that I always like to do is let people know what the critics thought about the film. Yeah. So I give it two thumbs up. I or at least one and three quarters thumbs. I, I think. Yeah. I, I Some think left was, to be desired. Yeah. But according to Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 86% critic approval. And that's based on 22 reviews, a 60% audience score. So mostly favorable. Um, okay. So an audience score of 60% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, again, mostly favorable. That's based on 467 reviews. So shoot, 60, uh, 60% on Rotten Tomato audience score, IMDb. 6.2 out of 18,000 uh, people that have watched the movie on IMDb. So again, over anything really over 6%, or rather 60% or 6.2 is favorable. Yeah. Again, when you have a score like that, it means there are things that, that could have been approved upon, but generally very favorable scores. So if you are a fan of the zombie genre... As you should be. As you should be, quite frankly. <laughs> it is definitely worth a watch. It is not perfect, but there are some interesting things that go on in the movie and the way that it was all pieced together. It's cool. And I support it. It had a budget of 13 and a half million dollars. So, yeah, you know, not super low budget, but obviously not super high either. Yeah. In terms of Hollywood, that's like a a backyard film for them. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) little factoid for you it was based off of the um the very recent film alone which is interesting because alone alive that's alone is another zombie film um that was a little bit more character driven as opposed to uh zombie driven which is pretty interesting that's always a fun watch if you haven't watched alone no no and in fact when you mentioned the movie alive it made me think of the 1993 Alive, and I don't know if you know anything about that movie, but is that, that Dead Alive or no, 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 no. Oh shit, Dead no, Alive no. is another conversation. But yeah, there was this movie that was made in the early '90s. It was called Alive, and what it does is it focuses on this Uruguayan rugby team, and okay. their plane crashes in the what is it, the Andes? Yeah, it crashes in the Andes uh, mountain. Oh. And they're, they're stuck, you know, on the mountain. And this is all based on a, like a true story. And when they ran out of food, they had to eat, you know, their own dead, those that didn't make it like for survival. And again, it's all based on a true story about this, the Uruguayan rugby team, but really, really cool movie. Uh, shit. Who was in that? I want to say Ethan Hawke was in the movie. And I want to say 
the guy that was in the movie with honors with Joe Pesci. If you ever saw with honors, Joe Pesci plays like a bum and he goes to like Harvard or something. I can't remember, but it's in Spano. Uh, Oh, or Josh Hamilton. I just pulled up the the list real quick. Uh, Yeah. uh, I want to say Josh Hamilton, pull up his, pull up, like click on Josh Hamilton, pull up his IMDb. I want to say that he was in with honors. With honors, uh, yeah, he was okay. Uh, All right, cool. Jeffrey Hawks in '94, yeah, yeah. So he he plays, you know, the supporting lead in that movie with uh with Joe Pesci. But that's a really cool flick. It has nothing to do with well. I guess it has something. It's cannibalism, kind of. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you're eating people. There you go. Yeah, uh, cannibalism. So <laughs> this it's time all... you just have remorse. Yeah. <laughs> so. When he mentioned Alive, I'm like, oh shit, he wants to watch Alive? Man, we're going, we're going back a little while, but okay, let's do it. Yeah, but, yeah. There, there's some films I won't touch on. Uh, that's one of them. Um, Amistad is another one. Uh, really dark films I try not to really look at too, too much. Dude, Amistad. Uh, that, so there, there are certain movies that I can watch and certain movies that I can't. I can't. I can't really watch anything about the Holocaust and I can't really watch anything about slavery when, when it's like real, like human atrocities that are like based on like fact, like I, like I I saw Schindler's list and I saw it one time Mm -hmm. and it was enough. It was enough for me. You know, like I I saw it and it was a beautiful movie, but never again, I'll never watch that movie again unless I like, unless somebody like forces me on like this podcast or there's something that like you need to watch, like you have to do this. Amistad was another one. There was a movie that when I was a kid, it was called glory and it was about like the civil war and, and uh, it, it focuses on African-American soldiers during uh, the, the yeah. and beautiful movie, or at least my recollection is beautiful. I haven't seen it in, 30 years because of the fact that like, okay, there are just, just certain movies and certain like topics that yeah. like I'll watch it. And then it, it's just like, I don't need to be reminded that humans are horrible. Assholes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we <laughs> are, know. we are, we are the worst for me. It, it's, um, it's hotel Rwanda and blood diamond. Those are two films that I've only seen once. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, Hotel Rwanda. I, I saw it once. Don't need to see it again. Great yeah. movie. Great movie. Uh, Blood Diamond. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it falls back into that same that same tier of these movies that I think are really good. But it's like, yeah, no, I can't remember. Do we? I can't remember if we mentioned Twelve Years a Slave. Yep. Again. Oh, yeah. Yep. No. Yep. See it once. It, Don't need to see it again. Yeah, when I'm watching a film and it's it's like a horror film or something completely unrealistic, I can watch it till the cows come home. But if it's like actually happened or loosely based off of something that happened, that kind of gets into a gray area of, I don't know if I can fully watch this. Um, for instance, um, Django Unchained, that was a very interesting film, but because it was so... Um, I don't want to say it was super realistic because of everything going on because it's a Quentin Tarantino film, but um, it's just a little, it was a little rough because of how visceral the content was. Yeah. And like that stuff happened. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's not a true story in the, in the literal sense, you know I mean? Yeah. Uh, But that type of shit did happen. Yeah. Um, But 
Now is the perfect segue to get off this subject because <laughs> into something uh, awesome. <laughs> so let's talk, let's go back to people eating people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So again, I think we've said everything we need to about alive. And again, uh, yeah. audience, great movie. Check it out. It is currently available on Netflix. All you have to do is type in alive and ye shall find it. So boom. That is alive. End of yeah. part one of this zombie Asian zombie potluck. And now we are going to talk about the movie that I brought to the table, which is One Cut of the Dead. Very fun. I'm trying to think. Do I want to? Uh, yeah, no, I'll just ask. So, you don't, without giving anything away about the movie, what did you think of the film? Because you had not seen this, correct? I have not seen it until you mentioned it. That's a lie. Um, I hadn't seen it, but I've heard of it. And because it wasn't on Netflix, um, I just never got a chance to see it. And when you were like, hey, here's my Shutter account, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to abuse this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I've heard of Shutter, but of course, I'm the only one who really consumes horror media in the household. So it just never, it was never a thing. Um, but no, it was, it was a fun take of the of the zombie genre like just two completely different ends of the spectrum like i was telling you earlier just you know stark differences um you have somewhat of a a hyper realistic film in terms of of you know a zombie apocalypse with alive and then you have one cut of the dead was just all around a super fun film that you can for for people who who aren't interested in sort of like the the docudrama Definitely the first part is an amazing part, but if they're not really interested in, in the, the meat and gravy of everything else, it, it's not for everyone, but I thoroughly enjoyed it from, from start to the actual credits. I think, I, think, I think that's good. All right, so I'm going to paint a little brief picture on what – and I haven't, I haven't rehearsed what I'm going to say or anything, so I might be all over the place, but what One Cut of the Dead – is it is three movies in one and and it's broken in a way where each third of the movie is like typically your average movie is generally a three-act film you've got your beginning your middle and your end but in one cut of the dead you've got three sections and each of those sections have a beginning middle and end Uh, so there really are three movies in one the yeah. first the first movie that you see is a is a 38 minute zombie movie and what it what happens in that 38 minute movie is you've got this film they're they're making a movie about about zombies and in the middle of shooting a movie about zombies they are then actually attacked by zombies, you know, in, <laughs> in, in this movie. So this film shoot is overtaken by zombies and the filmmaker who's making the, making the movie gets pissed off at his actors because they're not acting real enough. But yep. when, <laughs> when people actually start to die, he is recording this entire movie of everything that's going on. And like, because now he's getting into real shit. He's getting 
like real fear and real like drama from his actors. When that's all done and, and you're watching it and the movie is filmed in a really unique way. The movie is done in one single shot with one camera the entire, the entire way. So you're watching this movie with just one camera and it's one single take. And there are a couple things that happen in the movie that are a little like unsettling. Like why, why isn't anybody doing anything? Why aren't anybody talking? What's happened? Are they, do they hear hear something I don't hear? You don't necessarily know that until the fact when the credits roll in 38 minutes into the movie and you're like, wait, this movie is over. No lie. When I first saw this movie, I knew nothing about it. But when those first credits rolled, I'm like, wait, this movie's over? I had to hit pause to find out that, no, there is another hour still to come <laughs> in this movie. The first, the first closing credits of this movie were really just the movie within a movie. And then we then flash back a month earlier where we are introduced to the, the director that we have seen, and he's, in fact, a, a director, and he's approached by a studio that is launching a a zombie channel. And what they want to do for their grand introduction is they want to film a zombie movie with one camera in real time. That's what we then, that the second act of this movie or the second movie is how they were able to get all the actors for this movie and all the things that, that happened behind. And that part of the story becomes more of like a family drama of what's going on with the director's family and all the other actors that are in this movie. So the first, the first 30 minutes that you see of this movie is a zombie movie. The second 30 minutes that you see is how they were able to get everybody to film the 30 minute zombie movie that you saw at the beginning. So you get all of that and there's all sorts of great shit that you're finding out about the different characters in the movie. Um, The director is having issues with his wife. She, is she kind of emasculates him and the daughter doesn't necessarily respect him. One of the actors in the movie is kind of, well, shit, all the actors in the movie are, are a bit of divas and they have like these demands and they need all these different things. And they're all abusing the entire second act of the movie is they're all abusing the director in some way or, or another. And And they're all unknown actors. Like, yeah, they're all unknown actors. The the director of the movie, he's a karaoke director. That's, that's his whole thing. And they've, they, they got one, they got one actor that has some, that has some success and he, he's a total prick, but yeah. So that's the second third. That's the second movie that you're watching within the big picture. The third movie is then like how they actually shot the movie that you saw in the first 38 minutes of the movie, which was amazing to watch. Which is so good. Like so, the first 38 minutes you watch a zombie movie. The second 30 minutes was how they assembled everybody to make the movie, and then the third, the the final half hour of the film is everything that went on behind the scenes while they were shooting the movie in the beginning. And it answers all the questions that, that you had while you were watching the first 38 minutes. Like, wait, what's happening? What's going on? Why is this going on? Why is that going on? I mean, you see everything and it is, 
it is so perfect because there are a couple shots like in the very beginning, like this is a really weird crane shot and like this handheld vibe that they're doing and everything is kind of shaky. That seems really weird. And then it all makes sense at the very yeah. end of the movie. And it's so brilliant and it's so inventive. And one of my favorite things about the movie is this movie had a budget. We just watched we just, the, the first half hour of this conversation. We talked about a, a relatively low budget South Korean zombie film with a budget of $13 million, which that's pretty low budget in the grand yeah. scheme of things. One Cut of the Dead has a $25,000 budget. The entire that's budget. A, of, yeah, that's, that's a car that's, note. That's, yeah. <laughs> it, it is less than a Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> and it is one of the most ingenious, inventive, neat low budget films I had seen in a really, really long time. Absolutely. It did one of those things that, that I love. You, you don't have to be rich to, to whether you're a storyteller or whatever you are to have a unique vision, to do something incredible. And granted, still $25,000 is still $25,000 more than I have in my pocket right now. But Absolutely. But from a film perspective, to make a movie that is as unique and inventive and witty and clever and smart, it's, it's really impressive. I can't stop thinking about this movie. And uh, just the whole idea of a movie, you're watching a movie within a movie, within a, within a movie, it is the most meta film I have ever seen. I, I, I can't, I can't stop thinking about the different things that make me laugh. This is, you could be terrified of zombies and really don't really like scary movies. This isn't a scary movie in that traditional sense. Yes, there is a ton of blood, but it knowing the fact that really the reason why the blood exists is because they're filming a movie, you know, like it's 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 more of a comedy than than a thriller and shit and in point of fact i think it's more of a um a family film because of the fact that you're really watching the director and his wife and his daughter find their way that they can connect in some capacity so yes. i'm sorry i've been rambling on for 10 minutes no, you're but, fine. <laughs> but i and that's all the time we have <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much we'll see you next week <laughs> No, it's it's a fun film, um, and and I've practiced the, the 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 Japanese way of saying it and the translation. It's camera o tomorana, which basically stands for "Don't stop the camera," which I think is such a fun. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a little translation, and then the English becomes "One Cut of the Dead," which is a little bit more catchy because mm-hmm. "Don't Stop the Camera" sounds like something you know from 2005 with Paris Hilton. Um, <laughs> but with that said, um, it's a fun film, and you know, we're looking at parallels between that film and this film based off of the budget, the reception of the film itself. And then one of my favorite things is I'm a bit of a theater nerd and something that I think, well, not something, someone who I think would, would have really enjoyed this film is a playwright by the name of a Bertolt Brecht. He Mm, wrote, yeah, mm -hmm, Yeah. he, he was very much, he wrote mother courage. If, if you haven't read mother courage or watched a rendition of the, the play, I highly suggest it. It's not for everyone because he's very much against 
uh, method acting. He's very much against hyper-realism. Um, he's someone who's like, you go to the cinema, you go to the theater to be entertained. And, you know, during his, his entire, you know, play of, of Mother Courage, I don't want to get too bogged down in those details, but you see the stagehands move stuff because he wants you to be not too enamored by what's going on. He wants you to be more enamored by the process, which is what I feel one cut of the dead does perfectly because yeah, the first part of the film, phenomenal zombie film, because it, you know, when you're first watching it, like, Whoa, this is really low budget. This looks like, you know, you're, one of their kids drew red on their arm to say they're <laughs> bleeding. Meanwhile, like 20 seconds later, boom, the obviously it's a little it's still low budget, but the quality is higher on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was done very well um, to even the the climax of the or really the ending of the film where the the director uh, meets his his, you know, his fate basically right. i don't want to you know go too in depth to ruin it but it's a great film and then coupled with how it actually happens mm-hmm. and how it's done in my mind is very brechtian yeah yeah no, I, th- I think that's great i think that's great uh you mentioned like the director meeting his demise and it, it for me it just goes back to like my, my favorite shot in the film is the is the closing crane shot, Mm -hmm. which this is such a feel good zombie film. And I, I I can't encourage it enough. And from a like critic, um, we, I always will talk about how the film did on Rotten Tomatoes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Rotten Tomatoes. This has a, again, anything over 60% is considered Mm -hmm. good. We just did a movie we talked about alive and that was like, I think like 84, 84%, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. This movie has a hundred percent on yep. Rotten Tomatoes. 100%. Yep. There wasn't a critic around that didn't enjoy this movie. Uh, audience exactly. score, audience score. Again, anything over 60% from an audience or anything over 6.0 out of 10 is considered good. Audience wise, 81%. So yep. And audiences are the most finicky people. Zombie audiences are some of the most finicky people yep. of all. And we will tear that, you apart. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, IMDb, seven point seven out of ten. Which on IMDb, that is monumentally high. So yep. I can't, I can't recommend this movie enough. Thank you very much for watching this movie. Thank you for, you know, well, you're welcome for the shutter access. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I need to get paid by shutter because the amount of time that I spend on this podcast hyping that freaking site. It, it, you're plugging them. I plug them every episode because of the fact that they do some of the, the like the neatest stuff and they're bringing some of the coolest content and it is October. We are in Halloween month. And if you're yeah. not, if you're not like it's $5 or six bucks a month, or if you get a free AM- trial, yeah, free trial. Or if you want like <laughs> AMC plus for like $9, you get AMC and BBC America and uh, like, what is it like the Sundance channel? You get Shutter yeah. as well. So like nine bucks, you get, I mean, you can have that. And there, 
and more. I mean, there's such really, really good stuff on there. So I can't, I can't hype it enough. And I'm, I'm glad that, that you watched this movie because of the fact that um, I really needed to talk about this movie with some, with yeah. somebody else. And uh, it's cool. And, and as somebody that was for a very long time, an aspiring filmmaker, this movie, this movie inspires me that, yeah, that anything is possible and you don't have to have all the contacts in the world. You don't have to have a ton of money, but if you've got, if you've got a great vision, you can still put up a really, really inventive story. And again, 25 grand, that is still less than what Kevin Smith had to make the movie Clerks which was yep. often regarded as one of the the lowest budget slash successful indie films in recent memory. I think even that had a, a fifty or sixty thousand dollar budget. Shit. Even Shit. mole rats. Yeah, mole rats had substantially higher budget than that. But I mean it, it's it's really, really quite impressive. So uh, I think I, I think we we've, we've said enough about the movie to maybe entice people to watch it, but held a little bit back to not give anything Absolutely. away, which I think it's important not to have too many spoilers in either one of these films. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you know, touching back onto, you know, your budding film career, um, <laughs> just, just like I said, the juxtaposition and parallels between these films, it's, it's insane. I mean, you know, you have, Alive, which is very much a film based in isolation. You have One Cut of the Dead, which is very much feel good film. And then you have um, your breakout film, uh, which is very much uh, based around existentialism, um, which I'm very much a fan of. I would love to see a sequel and I would love at some point, somehow I would love to see how we could dig that up, which I, I doubt we ever can. Yeah. We're, uh, I mean, I think, I, I think if there are listeners out there that want to invest in super string or magic yep. string is super string my guy all right we'll film so on location we yeah if anybody <laughs> wants to invest in super string 2021 <laughs> this very well might be the oh. most important film of our time yeah, and all, honestly all i need hundred dollars hundred dollars <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've got, 20 bucks for a gift certificate from Home Depot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, just... It's a great film. You know, I already know the costume, Matthew sporting his camo gear, as, <laughs> as he did in the... I remember he was wearing camouflage in the film. Of he course. Had, uh, he had camo pants, uh, bright, I think bright blues uh, sneakers, and a camo shirt. I was wearing overalls, I think, at the time, because I was, like, five. Yeah. Um, and that's what my mom put me in. And <laughs> uh, I didn't have a say. And then you, I think, were wearing very much Kurt Cobain grunge-inspired uh, denim. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm 40 years old, and I still wear that shit. So, yeah. you know. I mean, five bucks, local thrift store, we got our costume. So there you go, listeners. Help us. Help us bring Super String 2021 to life, okay? Maybe we'll create – what What are those uh, – a GoFundMe page. We'll create – There you go. A GoFundMe account to make Super String 2021 a reality. There you go. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. We're going to do this. Absolutely. All right. So before I let you go, I know we're running out of time, but – No, you're fine. If you could – 
I am curious to know yeah. what your top five, top, yeah, we'll just say, or even if they're not necessarily your top five, if you could give me top, uh, five zombie films that you enjoy. Okay, absolutely. Uh, one is going to be the... It's, it's two, but I count it as one because it comes from the same title, is the original Night of the Living Dead and the remake from 1990, because I love the, the colorized one, but I also love the, the black and white one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to count that as mm-hmm. one. Okay. Um, number two, whew, that's a toughie, would probably be um, Shaun of the Dead. Nice. Yes. Number three would be World War Z, just because it's a fun zombie film. Um, number four would be Hashtag Alive, actually. Okay. Um, and then... Honestly, number five would, and this, you know, I'm holding it to a very high regard, um, considering that it is, you know, one of my most recent films watching it is honestly one cut of the dead. Nice. You know, because it's so fun. Yeah. It kicked, it kicked off, um, the honestly kicked off 28 weeks later by like this much. Yeah. Um, but it did. And yeah. Cool. That was that. Yeah. What about you? Oh shit. Um, I'm just, I like, I ask these questions and I never prepare for my own answers. <laughs> um, I'm going to come up with five different ones that you didn't list just because of the fact that I'm all on board for all yeah. the ones that you did mention. I am going to, I'm going to throw in no particular order, um, yeah. but I'm going to throw Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 of Dawn of the Dead, George A. Romero. Um, I, I love that film. I, I love the, just a lot of things that Romero was trying to say in that movie. Uh, I'm going to put Zombieland on that list yeah. because that that was a lot of fun. I you know I I uh, I love the the comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Number three is a 1993 romantic comedy called My Boyfriend's Back. And, oh. and that is the story of, what is it? Johnny Dingle. Yeah. Johnny Dingle. And he, I don't know. I can't remember. I'll have to go back and find this movie somewhere and hopefully maybe it's on Amazon or Netflix or something, but it okay. is a early nineties rom-com comedy about this, this guy, he dies and he comes back as, okay. as a zombie. I'm, I'm going to butcher the plot completely. All I remember is the character's <laughs> name of Johnny Dingle. And he comedically eats people in the movie. And it's a, uh, yeah. So I'm going to put that in there. I, I know there's okay. another listener out there that knows my boyfriend's back. But I need to go back and find that movie somewhere because I haven't seen it since. I haven't seen that movie since I lived in Bermuda. So, wow. yeah. You, in fact, you probably would have watched that movie in the apartment with me when you were uh, yeah. like five, six. I probably years. had nightmares. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's not scary. It's not scary. <laughs> no. No. Um, so I've got that. How many have I said? I've said three, right? You said three. Yep. I'm going to put this one on there. It's not a conventional zombie film, but there was another 80s movie that I really enjoyed. It's called Night of the Comet. Okay. That one, um, they spent like like Dawn of the Dead. They spend a ton of time in a mall, but Night okay. of the uh, Night of the Comet is like circa nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty five. Catherine Mary Stewart, who was okay. in 
uh, Weekend at Bernie's. She's in okay. it. She's, she plays the lead. And this actress, Kelly Maroney, who's in a, a ton of different, like, 80s horror films. Okay. Just a really, really cool, like, early 80s, diff- slightly different take on on zombie movies. Like, it's like the apocalypse. And I think, like, a comet comes and it basically, like, either turns people to dust or those mm. that don't die, like, become zombies or whatever. Okay. And it's a different style of undead. And that's another movie that I want to try to dig up. I want to try to find that maybe that movie maybe, like, on VHS or some shit. Okay. Because it yeah. probably hasn't made it to DVD. I don't know. So, Night of the Comet. So, number one, Dawn of the Dead. Number two, Zombieland. Number three, My Boyfriend's Back. Uh, number four, Night of the Comet. And number five... I want to say Return of the Living Dead. And that is the one. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, you know that you know that one? Yeah. It's just such a dorky film, but I love it. Oh, it's so it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, but I wanted to come up with five different zombie films that you didn't mention. So that's those are the yeah. ones that I came right off like like okay. I said right off the top of my head. As you were saying it, I have I have two honorable mentions if that's okay. Oh, please. Yep. Uh, Fido. I don't know if you've seen Fido. No. It's it's such a fun film. It was done in like the early 2000s. Zombie apocalypse happened. They were able to deal with it. And Zomcom, a company came and made these collars and basically made zombies their pets. Um, <laughs> those that could be controlled. And then the rest of them... Like they were gated, and then the rest of them that can't be controlled are out in the wastelands. Okay. Really fun film. Okay. It's called Fido. And then I was actually going to say Return of the Living Dead um, as one of the honorable mentions because it was so fun. Um, but I'm going to have to go with another, you know, classic Romero, which is Day of the Dead, which is just another fun, fun film. I, any of the dead yeah. is, a, is a fun time. Yeah, generally, if it's an of the dead, it's pretty good. Um, one more, or I might have a couple more honorable mentions, and okay. I'll let you go here in a second. But Shudder has another really, really good uh, zombie film. It's called Blood Quantum. And what's really cool about that okay. movie is it's a Canadian horror film, and it's about, like, um, oh. uh, First Nations people. You, you deal a lot with, with that and it's a really, really cool, unique take on it. And I can't, I can't say enough about that as well. So that's on Shutter. So Nathan, I would recommend checking out Blood Quantum if you Before can. You change your password. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm, dude, you got, you got, <laughs> okay. you got free reign on that. Um, like I said, abusing it. And the final one I'm going to mention is uh, another 1990s comedy that stars Steve Buscemi. Actually, I don't know if it stars him, but I know Steve Buscemi is in it. It's called Ed and His Dead Mother. And uh, yeah. we, we forgot about Dead Alive. Dead Alive. I know. That would have been, a, that's probably number one at everyone's list though. Yeah. Yeah. So just be. wanted to, you know, come up with a few zombie movies that, that don't get enough play. So Ed and His Dead Mother yeah. is one that I think you should look up. A really ridiculous 90s comedy zombie movie. And okay. all right, Nathan, thank you again. I love you, brother. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Love you too. And listeners, we will see you here uh, for our next episode, which will be, you know, keeping this uh, Halloween hoot nanny going. So until then, be safe and we'll see you next time. 
Hi.